Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com. And on Instagram at Little Empire Podcasts. Are you gonna play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. Zakolia. 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 To the worst idea of all time, episode 25. My name is Guy Montgomery. I'm joined by a very special guest, Tim Bat. Hey, Tim. Hello, Guy. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's honestly my pleasure. Um, so if you guys don't know, there's a podcast I host every week uh, where I watch and review the same movie. Um, I do it with Tim. Always. <laughs> yeah. And almost always, yeah. Up until uh, today, Tim would always do it with me, and then on account of a bet that you foolishly lost, yeah. In hindsight, do you think that was the a mis- the where the mistake happened to lose the bet? No, no. So after he lost a bet, which I I think it would be fair to say at the time you found regrettable. Mm. No one likes losing a bet. No one likes losing a bet when the Unless stakes you are so high. Secretly had a side bet with higher stakes in which you'd bet on the other person winning the bet that you were a part of, which right. I think is called spot fixing or match fixing and is illegal in professional sports. Anyway, you lost the bet. You watched the movie by yourself. Yes. Ruminated on it. Yeah. Well, I didn't ruminate. I just hit that record button and put my thoughts onto a microphone. That wasn't even part of the deal, but I just didn't want the watch to go to waste. Yeah, no. That was my main thing. I respect that. I was surprised. But also, uh, after you'd laid it out, it made perfect sense, of course. Uh, you haven't listened to it. You haven't heard it. I will never listen to you it. You don't know what's on that there. That much I can promise you. <laughs> um, ruminating, just yeah. quickly, as yeah. a sidebar. Yeah. Is to So you didn't ruminate. You just put your thoughts out there. Correct. To ruminate, would that be to suggest that you reflected and then shared thoughts? Yeah. I think to ruminate onto something is to dwell on it and kind of swash it around your head a bit, to think on it. You just came out, yeah, nice. That's a great way of doing it. It is what it is. It's the way we've always done it. That's right. It's the way we've done it from episode one, season one. Whereas if you hadn't have done that, you would have accidentally ruminated on it. 
Yeah, and that would spoil the broth. How do you feel about it? About uh, what exactly? Uh, the film, that episode, that, this podcast. That episode. Or about, oh, the episode about having I just watched recorded? it by yourself. Here's what I think about it. Uh, I think that... Are you saying you're better than me? Yeah, I am. I am. That is where I was going with this. You've really cut to the heart of the matter. And the this heart of the matter what, is I'm better than you. This is what I was afraid of. Yeah, I know. And that's what made it worth it in a lot of ways. You, you are like an evil mastermind right now. I'm I, playing 4D chess yeah, look, with a monkey. I mean, Guess it doesn't matter. Guess who the monkey matter. is? It's Guy Montgomery. When I talk to you about it, obviously there'll be a part of me which is like, Tim's got the rub on me. He's I've seen this one, movie once more. He knows more you. about it. Mm-hmm. I now feel like I have to deflect all my opinions to you. I feel like you have an understanding of the depth and subtext of the film, which I don't have access to. At the same time, I'm in no way committed to getting on your level. Yeah, yeah. Where I will actually, you know, that, do anything to... Doesn't that just speak volumes about how much you don't want to see the film at this point? That it perturbs you so much. Your competitive spirit has really been wronged and feels like it needs to do something to rectify the situation yeah. but that visceral hatred has been superseded that's right by your want to not see the movie any more than is the, absolutely i think the other thing necessary. contributing to it is when you were watching that movie i li- you literally were like i because i knew we were recording the podcast tonight and you and i was like can we do it this time and you said nah we need to do it a little bit later i need to watch the movie beforehand yeah and i had forgotten that that was something I had <laughs> so i laughed hysterically to myself <laughs> right and then filled that time with a game of softball which yeah. also brought out my competitive spirit and we were really in the driver's seat social softball i haven't played social sports for a long time namely because uh i'm hyper competitive <laughs> and like uh struggle with the social balancing act which right. is tolerating uh you noobs. know not noobs like it's that's the beauty of social sports but just like having to bury my desire to win against the fact that we're all doing this to have a good time right uh and and losing that i think if i'd won i would have had a different attitude where i would have felt Did fine, so, like can i ask you something yeah did someone really let the team down i let the t- i dropped a catch at one point oh did you i played a great game i yeah. had uh I don't know the details. Suffice it to say, I got play of the match, actually, on our team. Oh, well done, yeah. I was a ring-in. Good stuff. Uh, but I did drop a catch. But no, the team was so comically poised to win. It was the seventh innings, and uh, we were winning by one run. We had two outs. So literally, all we need to do is get one person out. Uh, they didn't have anyone on the bases, and the game is ours. And uh, through a series of comical errors and just missteps by our team, uh, they scored like multiple runs in very quick succession on the back of errors from us rather than brilliance from them. Oh, boy. And we lost. And it was uh, it was upsetting, but also fine. But then to come here and then have you also in some other weird mental jujitsu or judo way have beaten me. Well, listen, me. I, th- I just think you need to adjust your perspective on this. It's interesting that you've interpreted it as I am somehow ahead of you. I, I mean, do- there is a very easy easy uh, oh, no, reckoning no, of the situation no, 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 to suggest no, no. that I am behind you. You know that you are the winner. Uh, undoubtedly, but because of the way my brain has framed things yeah. and the fact that we're talking about it now, yeah. uh, I'm so deep inside the thought I can't reverse engineer my way back to triumph. Are you going to watch it? No, never. Okay. Uh, but just know that as it stands in this moment, 
I view you as a superior and uh, will accordingly deflect to you for advice or feedback throughout the the duration of the podcast. Just in terms of, I won't come in with hard opinions that I, I regard as certainties. You're playing on a different, like playing, you're on a different playing field for me. Only just. For as long as this podcast lasts. Okay. And then After that, that and then in your to, head, we're back to normal. Yeah. Why does your brain not correctly reconcile the fact that I will perpetually be one ahead of you until you watch it one solo time? I don't think it would be correct for my brain to maintain this feeling of inferiority moving forward. I think. Right. Those are two different things, aren't they? Uh, no, to me. You don't have to sentence, be. You don't have to be inferior. Also, just because I've watched one more than you. Uh, just, <laughs> just quickly. While with regards to the movie and uh, all trivia and theories contained therein, I will deflect you as a superior. Uh, everything. Defer, I think the verb you're looking for is defer. I'll do. I'll do both. Okay. I'll deflect. <laughs> Ironically, if, if you did defer to me, you would trust what I'm, what I'm yeah, throwing out if, there. If anyone comes in here asking, demanding answers to questions I can't answer, I will deflect those questions <laughs> okay, to very you. Very good. They'll get pointed at you and you blast yeah. them off at a 45 degree But outside degree of the angle. context of the movie, we are your friends. Mm. Um, intellectually, I still regard us as equals. Very good. Yeah. That's very sweet of you. Well, yeah. You're probably a little bit, uh, I guess we have different applications of our smartness. I think you might be a little bit, you know a little bit more about me across a wider spectrum of things. Yeah, but that's not really intelligence. No, that's, if anything, that's, you're that's, wasting your time. Exactly. <laughs> In the same way, yeah. That, uh, though, that, that inch wide, mi- wait, no, wrong way around. Uh, inch deep, mile wide knowledge is, is really good yeah. for pub quizzes and nothing else. I know, yeah, the classic, you know, fuck all about everything. Sort mm. of. I know very little about anything, though. Well, you know a lot about We Are Your Friends. You've seen it 25 yeah, times. I would say I know probably the second most in the world. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that. I, I re- Here's the weird thing. I didn't think this about grown-ups too, but I think there's people, editors, people who worked on the film who have seen it more than we have now. And I don't think anyone saw grown-ups too 25 times, even in the editing suite. I feel like they got delivered their dailies, which was exactly, it was like two takes of everything. And no bonus scenes. It was just exactly what needed to be there. There was a famous director who did that, and I can't remember who it was, but he famously kind of undershot. And Stan- delivered- Stanley Kubrick. Was it Kubrick? He right. would shoot uh, the exa- only the exact amount of footage so that they couldn't fuck with his edit. Yeah. Grown ups, too, I don't think that they were exercising <laughs> the same, like, you know, career. They were, yeah, they were. Yeah. I feel like that was just like they just turned in everything, and that was the extent of their interest or investment yeah, in the you're, project. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's the same. Different it's means a, to the same end. What, no, in some ways it's the same uh, methodology to a very different end. <laughs> so in one you have a masterpiece by virtue of your own restriction on your creativity and the uh, discipline that you have to apply to yourself. And, and on the other, um, you really want to play basketball, so fuck <laughs> shooting yeah, that yeah. afternoon and all your friends are around. Yeah. Oh, those, and to be those honest, are the two options. The second one sounds way better, <laughs> doesn't it? Do you want to concentrate really hard on a hard thing, or do you want to? I don't know. Just play basketball <laughs> with Hall of Fame basketball player Shaquille O'Neal and your friends. And before you answer, you will make a hundred million dollars <laughs> either way. It doesn't matter what you pick; you're going to make a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you, you want to make it. A hundred million dollars from struggling against yourself, arguably the most difficult challenge of all, 
Or do you want to make $100 million for having as much fun as possible? <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that. It's easy to see how there are more Sandlers than Kubricks in the world. Isn't it just? Um, Where do you think that We Are Your Friends fits on that spectrum? From oh, Stanley Kubrick to Adam Sandler, it's certainly, where is Maximum Joseph? Maximum Joseph is uh, present-day Sandler against Kubrick's oeuvre. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. He skews Kubrick uh, just because... This the, and, sort of another axis, isn't there, yeah, that we need for this graph? It's, and this comes back to the central uh, point of difference with We Are Your Friends to either Sex and City 2 or Grown Ups 2 is that... Um, those films were flashy and uh, very lazy and careless and cynical, I think it would be fair to say. Like, you know, Adam Sandler's friends had a lot of fun making their money, but it's like, it, to your fan base, it's a pretty, um, it's not a very considerate way of going about the movie making process. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is like different in that it's it, it doesn't display any of those things. It's just an earnest attempt at filmmaking, which hasn't come off perfectly. And accordingly, that would that would mean Maximum Joseph is uh, more along the lines of having um, max like creating a maximum level art project rather than a ma- having maximum level fun with his mates. So thus, more Kubrick, more Kubrick, than probably like on the scale of Kubrick to Sandler, he's I don't know Sandler being zero, Kubrick being a hundred, he's sixty. And we and okay, so what we need is a is another axis. So it's like that's our x axis, right? Yeah. We need a y axis, which I feel like is Steven Spielberg is at one end of the spectrum, and Tommy Wiseau is at the other. Oh, nice, nice, dude! Great so, job. You've really got a lot of room to place people in in areas now. Yeah. So within that. 2D space we've got if you think of uh, (laughs) this is a lot to mentally mind map if you're out for a run or just listening to this podcast casually I want you to stop doing that I want you to listen hard and figure this out in your head how this map looks this graph I want you to visually put this in your mind's eye do you want along the x-axis maximum Joseph is zero Stanley Kubrick is 100. Upon the y-axis, that is the vertical line on a graph, Tommy Wiseau is 0, and 100 is Steven Spielberg. Now, Maximum Joseph is positioned at 75 on the x, yeah? And 30% on the y. So... 70% towards Kubrick. On the on the right, yep. And, and only 30%, 30% up. Towards Spielberg. You got it. But that means... That means, does he still, still skew more Spielberg than Wiseau? No, he, he skews more Wiseau than Spielberg. He's only at 30%. If he was at over 50%, he'd be more towards oh, yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg. So he's, he's... Yeah, yeah. 70 Wiseau. Sorry? So, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes, you yeah, got d- it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 70% Wiseau. Which is, yeah, which is what makes it interesting. Is it's oh. earnest, but it's um, misguided mm. occasionally. Where I think they made a huge misstep, and we talked about this today, Tim, is uh, if they could have got 
a full boner Zac Efron scene, yeah, I think things would have come out very different. Yeah, once you have an acclaimed star of whatever realm, which Zac Efron clearly is, massive star, celebrated star, once he gets his erect penis out, that is an art film. You can't deny the authenticity of it. You cannot deny and its art. The beauty of it, the it's almost irony, is that Z- the nickname for Zac Efron's erect penis is box office gold. So it is only through using box office gold that you can access maximum art. And it's this. This is and this is why it would have just been such a fantastic layout of the movie. It really would have. It would have. First of all, bums on seats. Second of all, people are watching the hell out of that movie. Yeah. They are combing every detail. Yeah. I mean, if you got Zac Efron to get his boner out once, who knows how many secret frames you've buried or references to the boner you've got throughout the rest of the film. Yeah, you go on Fight Club on it. You just put them in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the film you would make. I'm just thinking that's the film this week in reaction to what I've seen. That's the thing that might have been a difference maker (laughs) a difference maker it's like the decision maker but an external pressure on them the decision maker the decision maker the president (laughs) i think george w bush called himself the decider yeah but he said it in a real weird funny way can't remember what the chief decider i think he called himself it's great it's a great peep show joke with uh uh Jeremy, Jez, Robert Webb's character keeps uh, talking about calling out the ombudsman. Like, <laughs> yes. the, like the looming threat of this <laughs> higher intellectual plane that could decide things. Oh, hey, Tim. Yo. Um, what, what about the movie this week did you, on the second viewing, uh, the viewing we just shared, what, what jumped out at you? Did anything grab you? Not, I'm not looking for a shining light. I'm just looking for stray observations. Just Paige is a really good actor, or the actor playing Paige, rather. It's tricky, yeah. Once you notice that, all that can happen when he's on screen really is it just solidifies your opinion of his acting. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. When you separate the the actor from the character, uh, you lose the possibility of the character. You know, like it, when those watches happen. It's very difficult to imagine Paige doing anything because you're just so pleased for the guy playing Paige that you're like, fuck, you are turning it in, son. So he's almost a victim of too good of acting. Yeah. Well, I had, I had heard that um, uh, from someone who makes television that if there's a scene that's so good or a shot that's so good that it really stands out, you've got to get rid of it because you can't have something that's kind of outshining the rest of the product. And I feel like maybe Paige is that thing that should have been cut out of the right. movie entirely. Because he's kind of showing up the rest yeah. of the picture. That's wild, eh? It's so counterintuitive. Yeah. This is too good. Well, look, I don't know if it's true. Yeah. It's what I... I get told a lot of things, you know? I get told rabbits are just big, calm rats. Who told Doesn't you Doesn't make that? it true. Some kid. I was a kid, too. At the time? Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you're still... They're different animals. Yeah. You need only look at them. You're still They're going completely to the different species. Well, of information traded as a child, as an adult, though, mm. you've got to accept partial responsibility for oh, that. Oh, yeah, but look, adults, adults say a lot of crazy shit, too. 
that's right and it's more cynical because adults say stuff which isn't true but it's not as obvious it's uh it's in, in subtle ways what's being said isn't true it's nuanced yeah tricky more than anything if you're gonna lie at least make it entertaining so when it's found out you're lying yeah the person's like well <laughs> to your credit that is so outlandish outlandish she <laughs> says something outlandish out loud yeah which is what usually happens with big boss face lies you know that's so outlandish they are almost i almost respect you for it that is the best thing about hanging out with kids though the brazen fallacies that you're faced with a six-year-old announcing to you un- in no uncertain terms there indeed is a dragon in the bathroom which is why i will yeah. not go there it's <laughs> It's so good. I often think I try and uh, apply elements of that childlike sort of flexibility with hard fact to my life as an adult that only now as I say this out loud does it occur to me that it might be perceived as problematic. <laughs> that you're tapping into your childlike nature. Why would that it be I'm problematic? Just, that I'm just, because uh, the adult reading of that is I'm just lying to people. Oh, I see, I see. So in your head, you're doing something funny and whimsical, and in their head, you're just why is this? Why is this almost thirty year old just making shit up? Yeah, to me, to my face. Yeah, or if they don't like, how do you feel about being di- described as an almost thirty year old guy? Fine, it was a label I just threw at you, yeah. like some sort of. It's my hot new label, cartoon bomb. <laughs> so now my forthcoming rom com, almost thirty, promises to be a very unique and original production. Sounds terrible. Uh oh damn it, I lost my train of thought. Well, then it's probably a good point to break for a short moment as we talk about our sponsor, who I won't reveal, but it's the same as last time. Ah, well. You're gonna have to do a deep dive into the uh pits of the worst area of all time to figure out who is providing us money <laughs> to uh to shill for their their wares. That sentence doesn't work. Oh, this movie's still fine. Thank you very much to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode of The Worst Idea of All Time. But what is Audible.com? I hear you ask. Why, it's only a premium online outlet for on-demand audio products. What kind of stuff? I won't lie to you. Predominantly, audiobooks. Yeah, they mostly do audiobooks, but they also do podcasts. They have some original content. I'm going to look up right now to see if anyone's read the Bible on there. Let's look at You know, they call it the good book. No doubt. Okay. In a land of fantasy, Tim, who would you like to narrate the Bible to you? Uh, Who's the guy who played Gandalf? Sir Sir Ian McKellen. Him. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's very alive. Oh, that's so good to hear. God, that's good. He's a a hell of a guy. For me, uh, I would probably like to hear... Steve Coogan deliver it as Alan Partridge. Such is my <laughs> fandom for that character. Okay, so we've got the King James Version of the Holy Bible, uh, the complete Old and New Testament. And do you know who got to read it? Someone called David Cochran Heath. He's got to be a big player in the audiobook game to be able to read the Bible, eh? Do you think you'd need to be a Christian to read the Bible? No, not necessarily. I just think you have to have a compelling voice. That's what Audible looks for. They are blind to religion, as all good democracies should be. All they see is the person's talents. And boy, is this guy good. If you sign up to audible.com right now, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. 
you will get a 30-day trial, including a download of a free audio book. That is audible.com forward slash try now. Audible spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Can you imagine being given something free? Well, you needn't if you visit audible.com forward slash try now because your imagination will become reality. Ow! This movie's still fine. And we're back on the worst idea of all time. Uh, hello, caller. Hi, uh, just calling up from uh, Tiawamutu. Uh, yeah, really interested in uh, in what you guys are saying about uh, Paige and his acting. Yeah. Um, I've done a bit of acting myself, actually. Have you really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a big big part of the community theatre down here. I see. And uh, I'm just calling up to see um, if if you think Paige would have... I actually submitted a videotape to, to the director, Max Joseph. I see. Uh, do you think Paige would have gained or lost anything if played by... Uh, New Zealand actor. Thank you, caller. We've had to let you go, but I will answer the question in your absence where you can't respond to it. Uh, a lot would have been lost in this film if the piercing, disgusting New Zealand accent was recorded on film alongside this cast of a galaxy of stars. Crisp American voices is all I want to hear. If you give me the nasally flat vowed nonsense of the antipodes i will spit in your face thank you for calling um oh he's still there yeah, yeah. i haven't pushed the button correctly that's embarrassing for me um that that is yeah really good feedback um i've actually I've actually been working on my American accent um, and seeing as I'm still on the line, was wondering if I could do um, a monologue for you. I would love to hear it. Um, this is the character of Paige from We Are Your Friends. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. In my life, I do not believe in anything that is not concrete. All this digitized, computerized bullshit. The, you cannot listen to the banks. Uh, you cannot listen to the stock market. But real estate. Gold. You fuck a diamond. Well, that's going to last you a lifetime. So... Do you honestly think if you'd broadcast that in the movie? Yeah. All that stuff you said. Yeah, I'm still here. Well, first, I guess, how was that? <laughs> Look, it was terrible. I didn't like the delivery. I didn't like the choices you made. I didn't like the small flourishes of improvisation that you had clearly put on top of an already bad script. Wasn't aware it could be made worse. And yet, here we all are. So, once I, I don't. I thought I knew where the hang-up button was. Apparently, I don't. It would just make my day if you could figure out how to hang up on yourself and end this call. I would rather listen to the flat, piercing tone of a disengaged telephone line than a single syllable more than you've already spoken from your voice. Well... There it is. The... My receiver's broken, so I can't actually end phone calls. You're telling me that on my end, right here next to the audio desk, I can't find the button to hang up on you, and you are technologically incapable of hanging up on me, and thus we are trapped here for as, well, I guess as long as one of us lasts for. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, well, I'm not exactly any happier about it than you are. All right, well, look, while you're here, I mean, you're here anyway, uh, tell us a story about your childhood. Where'd you grow up? Are you born in Tiaramutu or did you move to Tiaramutu or what? Uh, I moved there. Yep. Yeah. How old were you when you moved there? Oh, two. Two years old? Yeah. Whereabouts were you born? Oh, look, it's hard to say, really. Um when I say I moved there, I mean I sort of woke up there and that's where I... Sorry, I'll stop you there. When you say it's hard to say, is that because your voice is so terrible that even you can't listen to it? I grew up in a small town without any vowels in its name. So oh, I see. Just a lot of consonants all the way. Physically very hard to like say. Like how the Welsh do it, but yeah. without the Welsh language. Yeah, with New Zealand language. What was the first letter? And. In what? In the small town that doesn't have any vowels where you were born. An X. An X was the first letter. That's incredible. What was the second letter? X. Another X. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen two Xs just smashed together like that, you know? A lot of people hadn't. No. 
groundbreaking. It's a huge part of the reason. What was the third letter? K. A, an X and an X and a K. And then what were we dealing with for that fourth one? JTR. Really? In that order? Wow. Blows the mind. Well, you have a crack at it. <laughs> oh, look, I, I daren't. That's I don't know how to approach syllable. it. I have no idea how to approach it. Do you pronounce it as a Z or, or an X like X-ray or or like Xerox, you know? It's really. Wouldn't even know how to um, navigate the approach on that one. But look, uh, you've watched We Are Your Friends. Can no. I? You've never seen it? No, oh, just audition, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, how then did I, it come out? Here's the funny thing about it is I've actually watched it twice today. And I was expecting my uh, co-host on this show, who's regularly here, Guy Montgomery, to do a bit of the heavy lifting around the segments, uh, bearing in mind that I just recorded an episode completely by myself. But I guess that's uh, not able to happen. Where's Guy? I don't know. He has left. Uh, he's not present. That's all I know. He's not He's not in the room, as they say in show business. Hmm. Yeah. That is tricky. Isn't it? Did you make that really super clear to him up front? What's that? That I'd done an episode... Or just that you you were going to be relying on him to do a lot of heavy lifting? I didn't think I needed to verbalise that. I thought we were at a point in our relationship... Sounds to me like that's where there was an opportunity for confusion to creep in. Right. A lack of communication in your mind is what's happened there. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what my shining light was. What's that? So... What I hadn't noticed before is the sheer... No, what's a shining light? Oh, I beg your pardon. We do a show where we watch and review the same... Oh, I know the show. Okay. So... Just don't know the segments. The shining light is where we try to find something we genuinely enjoyed in that particular week's watch of the film. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff we don't enjoy, you see, because we've watched the film so many times before, and... None, none of the three films we've been watching are very good films. Three so, films? Yeah, we're on to our third one. We do one a year. Mm. Yeah. So my shining light this week uh, is the sheer amount of Skrull stickers there are. Uh, I didn't fully appreciate on the first couple dozen watches, but they're on Zakoli's headphones, which I'd seen before, but they're also located on his keyboard... There's a real message of Skrull about this film. It's foreshadowing. It's supposed to warn you to pay attention to Skrull. I feel like it's some sort of message that we can all take home that, you know, we take people in our life for granted. Mm. And sometimes there are elusive and sometimes not so elusive clues that we should be paying more attention to them. Wow. That isn't just about the most beautiful thing I've heard today. And I got married today. Did you? Yeah. What are you doing ringing up whatever this is? Well, let's just say the honeymoon's not going very well. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. No. Where did you go to honeymoon? Well, we went to the motel. In Tiamutu? No. Narawahia? No. The place that starts with X and then is followed by another X? My hometown? Yeah. No. Okay. Do you just want to tell me whereabouts it is that well, you've gone for your honeymoon? I thought you'd never ask. Oh, sorry. I should have. Should have led with that. Yeah. Yeah. So whereabouts Palmerston are Palmerston North. Palmerston North. 
the Manawatu. Bright lights, big city. Anyway, by some strange turn of events, who should be in the foyer as my wife and I check in, but the actor who plays the character Paige from the movie We Are Your Friends. And the man who beat you for the role. The man who beat me for the role. How'd that make you feel? Pretty small. Yeah. Pretty small. Suffice it to say, he came up, congratulated us. We were still in, uh, I was in my suit and she was in her dress. Very she nice. She said, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You look familiar. Have I seen you somewhere? And he said, oh, I was in a reasonably popular movie called We Are Your Friends. And the accountant, arguably off the back of it as well. That was a big picture. He didn't get into the particulars People forget about the accountant. Big picture. Ben Affleck. Hmm. Big picture. I've never really cared for Ben Affleck. Sorry, you were saying. I digress. There you are. Well, wife by your side. Well, I don't know if you can hear it, but pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're doing something next to all. I don't know what it is. Oh, I see. I see what's happened here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So here we are. So this is all <laughs> happened today as well. Is yeah. this going on right now? Is that why you left? Certainly what it sounds like. Okay. Unbelievable in many ways. Uh,. But I applaud your courage for sharing your story with us, and I appreciate you joining us. And my only hope for you, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is you find a way to disconnect the phone call because I don't want to talk to you anymore or ever again after this. And I, I really mean that. Well, I really mean the that. The day I've had, that's a real kick in the guts. I can't express that in strong enough terms. I couldn't put it out loud too loudly. Okay. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. All right. So, uh, have you ever seen We Are Your Friends? You've never watched it? You've heard a lot about it. You've never seen it? No. If you had to guess at a favourite part based on what you've seen, what do you think you would guess your shining light would be? Probably the part where one of the characters dies because that's what I feel like doing. Yep, Squirrel is his name. Yeah. You feel like you want to die. Bang! Oh, no. (laughs) Sounds like he killed himself. Sorry, Tim. I was just getting, getting, just out getting coffees for the boys. Guys, back in the room, and that cartoon character that doesn't exist anymore. Is I missed all the context, but I'm glad you killed them off. <laughs> they sounded like a real drag. Guy, what's your shining light for this? Week's Thought you never ask of the film. Zac Efron. Successfully has sex with Somali, which is uh, problematic in that it's a betrayal of his good friend James Reed, uh, but also a triumph for him in the sense that it's pretty obvious to all involved that that is something Zakoli wants to do. Yes. Uh, and Somali obviously wants this as well. She's a little bit more conflicted with it because she lives with James. Zakoli's sort of more engaging with it at a distance. Is like. I really like this person. I'm glad that this happened. Yeah. And they're getting, uh, they're in the car on the way home from uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. 
And uh, Jarhead, as is his wont, is uh, grading whoever it is that Zicoli had sex with. Pretty much being like, look, for you to ditch all of us while we're in the middle of dealing, dealing a huge amount of drugs, like at great risk, but also financial benefit to us as a group. For you to just bail on us halfway through for the entire night uh, to have sex with anyone, this person better be, you know, unreasonably attractive. Mm. Uh, I like that description. Unreasonably attractive. Yeah. Like it's an affront to your senses. It's like, okay. At this point, it doesn't even make any fucking sense. Exactly. What are you doing with yourself? At some point, you've gone too far. Let's Uh, get you a terrible haircut. And... Yeah, and what happens is he says this and he's like, you know, I, and then he, he accuses Zac Efron, or Zicoli, sorry, beyond that. He's like, I know that face, that's the in love girl face. And Zicoli, in this moment, is like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He does this sort of high-pitched, playful, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm enjoying the a attention I'm denial. getting. Yeah, but also, a den- like, you know, just plays it perfectly. And um, I liked the line. I like that I hadn't noticed it 24 times prior. Um, I, I just generally, I thought it, it was a, a good moment of the movie, which yeah. is what a shining light has to be. Getting sentimental with James Reed. With James What a guy, what a feeling. James Reed from The Feelers bestows a gift upon his loyal subject. <laughs> so the gentleman doth think. Zicoli. The parameters of the gift are it is contained within a box de Mac book, as the French would say. It is sentimental. It is self-serving. What could it be? I'm so glad you asked. A very, very small flax bush, fully formed, bonsai. The logic, of course. You've thrown the word bonsai at the end, and it's thrown me. What does that mean? As I understand it. Because I thought a bonsai bonsai tree was a specific thing. Is a bonsai the style? The, the trimming. That is exactly the question I'd hoped you'd ask. Uh, a bonsai tree, as I understand it, that is, a tr- that is a tree that has had its roots constantly clipped to maintain its miniature stature, oh, right? That is awful. Yeah. Yeah. If you think trees have feelings. I, d- I actually read a very compelling uh column recently indicating that they did written by a tree because they've been peddling this propaganda for years and frankly the more stuff you read by trees the more exhausting it becomes well that doesn't make it wrong though we've been reading on trees for so long i feel like i should hear from trees also yeah you talking about books baby you kind of sound like a tree right now you're kind of using the language of a tree yeah this is the way they frame their situation yeah and it's fair I don't know the exact mechanics of how you create, like of of what a bonsai tree is. All I know yeah. is that, that these these very small uh, trees, mm. 
which grow, you know, to the shape of a full full grown version of itself. But now I don't even know if are flax bushes around the rest of the world or is that a quite a New Zealand uh, thing? I'd say they're reasonably common. The flax bush, flax is quite a practical thing. You can use it to to. Uh, but does it grow everywhere? Is my question. I don't know if people are familiar with know. flax. That's why I'm familiarising themselves with them with flax. Flax is a coarse, long leaf. On it is mm. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, like a cabbage tree, like the leaves on a cabbage tree. Similar, they're sort of you know they're they're kind of like a big blade of grass. If you think of what a blade of grass is, increase the size by about fifteen, and increase the hardness yeah. by ten, and and the waterproofness by hundred. Yeah, that's not. Hey, and if you're listening in your grass. I'm not calling you not waterproof. I'm just saying you are one percent the waterproof flax of flax. Is more waterproof. So I'm pretty certain that there's no such thing as bonsai flax. But somehow James Reed has spent a lot of time creating a very small, fully developed. Now but- before we go on, are we confident it's bonsai and not bonsai? It's spelled with an S. How you pronounce it is uh, user's choice. I'm sure that there is a language expert somewhere, you know, hooting at me while rubbing their finger, a la the folks in Shelbyville when they see a performance about Springfield. That's your choice. What I'm trying to tell you, Tim, is he's made, he's spent a lot of his time and energy building this tiny flax bush, fully Mm. developed, Mm -hmm. but very small. He gives it to Zach Efron. It's a self-serving gift. Yeah. First of all, the logic is, if I give this to Zach, to Zaccoli, to maintain this gift, they're very time-consuming. Pretty much that means that the opportunity he has to uh, whisk Somali away from me Uh, and cultivate the relationship is diminished. Gotcha, gotcha. Second of all, I'm going to tell him that if he can make me a purse, just a small purse, I can get my cards and cash and some coins in, maybe a key. Uh, he's going to open for me at Summerfest. It's a lot of C's. Yeah. He's pretty much just creating a huge distraction. He doesn't know that Zaccoli and Somali have had sex yet. Yeah. But he's sensed a vibe mm. and he's reacting against it. So he's using his professional status yeah. as leverage against you know something that he knows Zaccoli wants but has to work towards. The thing he tells him he has to do to work towards it is very time-consuming, limiting his ability to focus on Somali mm. and have them fall in love with one another. Right. He's inserting all of the work and time that a bonsai tree will demand of him, and it's, it's going to suck up his ability to work on the track or work on Somali. Yeah. And moreover, the thing with you know giving him a full a full bonsai, they're, they're not made to then be hacked up and turned into a smaller version of a regular thing. So he's expecting Zaccoli to build a relationship to this living organism that he will then have to betray by turning it into this purse. And so, I mean, that's a whole emotional Rubik's Cube that Zaccoli will have to solve, meaning that the amount of time and energy he has to spend on his human, you know, his face-to-face relationships, not just with Somali, but with his boys, with Jarhead, Johnny Depp, Squirrel. Yeah. Everything's going to be difficult. Yeah. This is, this is like when they uh, tell kids who grow up on a farm not to name the lambs, isn't it? Similar sort of thing. Yeah, but he's expressly being like, <laughs> he's not telling him to name the lamb, but he's watching him name the lamb yeah. while knowing that he has to kill the lamb. Yeah. It's 
very uh, manipulative parenting. It's brutal. Or mentoring. It's brutal. Well, that about does it for me. <laughs> I can't imagine there's too much more to say about anything. Uh, you're probably right, Tim. Unless you've got any cause for uh, worry, concern, or highlighting a potential moment where Look, you feel the actors went off script. Yeah, there's the one film. moment. I don't know that you could credit the actors with doing it, but it's the early nightclub scene. Uh, this is no but, by the way, for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, nightclub scene, social... Five hundo, bro. Uh, Where's my five hundo, bro? You got it. You know where we're at. Listener, you probably don't. That's cool too. <laughs> but uh, there's a scene where they give a, a shot of the dance floor to be like, hey, guess where it's popping off? The dance floor is social. Um, and one of the women who is dancing has on her shoulder a full handbag. <laughs> like, not a clutch. Your face. <laughs> That was venom with oh. which you spat that word out. Maybe I've missed this or just never noticed it, but to me it was pandemonium. I was like, there's no way that was an order from on high that you do that. You wandered onto set either thinking you were at a genuine nightclub because you've been on the hammer for so long, or you were like, I need to stand out. This is my last roll of the dice as a professional actor. What is going to distinguish me from the other club-going extras in this scene? No one's carrying handbags on set. That's my shit. And somehow got it past the editors, past the directors, but it still made it into the movie. And it was a bold call. Mm. A lot of yes anding of oneself. How big is it? The handbag? Is it a large oh, one? It's By handbag deep. standards? It's like, it's, um, yeah, it's it's certainly, it's an over, it's borderline overnight handbag. It's not oh, an overnight geez. bag, but yeah. it's at the larger end of the handbag. It's a fucking smart play though, isn't it? Go to the club with an overnight bag. Imagine well, if a yeah. dude tried to pull that off. It'd be quite obvious because I think a guy's overnight bag is, you can really see it. Yeah, it'd be a backpack. No, you can get a little, uh, little, little kind of bathroom bag and stuff a shirt in there and some underwear and socks. Along with your mouthwash and t-shirt and, I mean, uh, toothbrush. Microfiber clothing. Mm. I don't think you need anything. I think if people start wearing only microfiber clothing, there'll be a lot less showers, a lot less time spent washing clothes. Just a lot of uh, dry, dryness, quick but dryness. polished. Polished bodies. And on that wonderful vision of the potential future, I'm ready to stop talking about We Are Your Friends after the second time of watching it today. You've been doing it a lot lately. Kakiti <laughs> Anoa. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will continue to do this for another, ooh, I'd say 26 weeks, uh, 27 weeks. We're almost at the halfway point now. Yeah, man. And if you if you really want to get in on the fun, uh, join the Facebook page, facebook.com slash worst idea of all time. If, yeah, use the hashtag TWIOAT when discussing it on your social media channels. And we never say this, but rate and review us on iTunes. How dare you? Because we literally have no idea what that does. Yeah, we are un- it is unfamiliar terrain. But people always say it, don't they? Everyone else. You listen to podcasts and they go, rate and review us on iTunes. And Guy and I, they're going, I wonder... <laughs> I wonder what the potential benefits of that are. I wonder what the outcome is. I wonder if you We get... don't know. Yeah. 
Could be like the Stonecutters. Do you think we get admitted into a secret club? I just think that we'd find out about more tunnels. Oh, yeah. Like shortcuts. But then also bigger tunnels, which aren't necessarily shortcuts. They're just real curious things. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Tim Bat saying good night. This is Guy Montgomery saying, if you know any secret tunnels, please uh, please tell me. Ow! This movie's still fine. Zakoli One of the guys that goes screw. One of them's a hottie. His name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp. And his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try... Bonus of the heart. Bonus of the heart. Mate, yeah. that's literally that's literally the basis of magic. So you're not, you know, like <laughs> magic is only. But it's not magic. Like no, 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 I'm seeing how he's doing it in front of my eyes. So okay, so a magician? Would you be shocked by a magician? A sp- would I be what? Would you be impressed by a magician? I'm constantly impressed by magicians. Okay, but, that, but that's there's just not a bit of t- me that doesn't think I could learn to do that. But I feel really? the same way about surgeons. No, magic. I'm ma- impressed by the fact that they've acquired the skill, that they've put the time towards it. But I was like, in uh, probably in another universe, I am a fucking neurosurgeon. Oh my god, this speaks so much to who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.